All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New Theme Thursday. That's when Patrick plays songs and selections that's supposed to lead us to the new theme of the day via clues that Harge and I are supposed to gather. Uh, and this one is pretty simple, uh, even though Tyler Hero is not playing in the NBA Finals. Well, they're holding out for a hero. They're, they're holding out. <laughs> they're holding out for Sunday because they need that hero. Out for, yeah. yeah, he's nice. Uh, there is speculation that he may join them for game two. But definitely for Game 3, I heard that Tyler Hero will definitely be ready for Game 3. It is remarkable that the Miami Heat are shooting 39% from three-point range and have shot the damn near 44% from three-point range versus Boston, 45% from three-point range versus the Bucks without Tyler Hero, who was one of their most prolific three-point shooters. So it's amazing what they've done without Tyler Hero. They get Tyler Hero back. Uh, we don't know if they're going to put him in the starting lineup. I think he might come off the bench because they don't want to disrupt the flow of what they got going right now. Because yep. uh, right now the Miami Heat definitely uh, one uh, uh, team right now that's kind of feeling it after reaching the NBA Finals as an eight seed. We'll talk more about that, of course. Uh, give you some picks as we get out of here. Uh, we broke that down earlier in the show. Uh, we'll let you know a little bit more about the NBA Finals matchup coming up uh, and what's on tap. Yep. All right, uh, I want to got- give a shout out to Chan real quick. Chan is listening to us from North Africa. He's in Morocco. Wow. He has hit us up. That is awesome. My man, Chan. What up, Chan? What shout up, out, buddy? Baby. North Africa. North Africa. Man, shout out that. I, I assume he's on business. Uh, I'm sure he's and on chilling. Let's go chill. He might in be Morocco. chilling. He might be on vacation. Let us know, Chan. Vacation or business if yeah. you're out there in Morocco. We appreciate you listening, though. Or Chan vacation business. You know uh, it might be a little bit of both. Yeah, let's have a little fun. Chan out here. likes to mix business and pleasure. <laughs> I like I it. I know this about my man, <laughs> Chan. I know that. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's get back to this SEC uh, schedule conversation. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about Dylan Mitchell. We'll also get into CDC's comments on Paul Feinbaum. And uh, we'll talk Texas baseball, preview a little bit of that uh, their matchup versus Louisiana. Um, oh, uh, Chan, what though the movie the 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 theme of the movie uh, that we're talking about Footloose. today? Well, that, the movie that what's that song was from? Yeah, the movie. Oh, yeah, from that song. That's from Footloose. Yes, uh, sorry, from the actual uh, soundtrack. But that's for midweek movie music, which was yesterday, which was actually pretty good. Undercover brother, mm-hmm. undercover Check, brother. Shout out. Uh, and today, uh, the new theme, of course, is about the NBA Finals. All right. Let's get into this SEC schedule debate, gentlemen. I'll get back to it. Uh, The news broke earlier today that the SEC has scheduled for now. They have settled on an eight-game schedule format. The eight-game schedule format is pretty simple. Uh, One one annual opponent, or at least your rival, as you say. You'll have one rival game every year uh, that you'll play, and you have seven rotating opponents every year. So the assumption is that Texas and Oklahoma will be the one rival game Texas is going to play each year, and they're going to rotate, I don't know, seven opponents. We don't know who those are going to be. I'm going to say, I'm going to make my Black Stones prediction already, that a will be a part of the seven teams they're rotating. Um, because the the SEC will lose a lot of face if they bring Texas back into the SEC in 2024 and don't rekindle the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry immediately. Now, we know if they go to the 3-6 format, then they'll play Texas A&M every year based on the three rivalry opponents they play every year, um, and then they'll rotate six opponents. But for now, since they're in the 1-7-8 game format, (laughs) you're going to play Oklahoma as your main rival. I put money on it that Texas A&M will be one of the seven rotating opponents for Texas. If not, then I will indeed, you know, be critical 
highly critical of the leadership of the SEC that they did all of this uh, to bring Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC and then did and then avoid it. Try to avoid the actual rivalry between Texas and Texas and M. And I can't think of a reason why they would try to avoid that rivalry. Right. Like even A and M wants the rivalry. Back. Yes. A and M from their side, they want it too. It's good for them too. It's good for everybody. It's right great now. for everybody. You'll see it. It just won't be part of the annual rivalries. You may not see it in 2025. You may just see it in 2024. You may not see it in 2025. And then we'll see what happens with the schedule in 2026 when they decide to, you know, kind of re- oh, we gotta re- readdress the uh, issue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we gotta we gotta adjust our scheduling because we didn't get it right the first time. Duh. I mean, like, why why are we even doing this? This is the frustrating part about it because the move for the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners was to enhance the product, as you've been talking about, Rod. This was supposed to be all the end-all, be-all. There's no divisions. It's not, they're not breaking it out. And I know our man Chad Hastings was talking about the quads at one point, about how it was going to be broken up in different sectors. Oh, yeah. Now it's not even being that. And then you put it in a halfway type of situation where you're going to play FCS schools more than likely to at least one game yeah at least and now you're putting it in a position to where it's like okay this is going to help me get into a uh, bowl game like what are we doing like I thought this was supposed to be the elite of the elites why is it that we're now trying to I don't know, search for that 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 model that was actually given to you. We talked about it before. We talked about it yesterday, the Arkansas, mm. the the Oklahoma and the Texas A&M rivalry where you're having mm. those built-in type of situations where you can just adjust to mm. all of it afterwards. Now we're sitting here and this mm. is the biggest talking point cuz nobody is excited about this. No fans are. None. No, no, but no, no one in coaches, Texas. Coaches and athletic directors. No, maybe. no one in Texas. I yeah. guarantee you, there's plenty of people at SEC that are thrilled that they do not have to play certain teams every year because they are not built like that. Alabama apparently doesn't want to play the three games. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing. Is, I don't think. I think in Texas because we're we're raised that way. We were brought up that way. Of hey, man, these are rivals. This is what matters. If you win the OU game, you win the season. If you win this, you win the season. I think that's more built in to where those guys in the last five, ten years haven't been brought up that way, and that's not what they've preached to them. I also throw in this is something the Texas is gonna have to get used to that you wanted to go to the bigger pond. You were the big fish in the smaller pond. Not small pond, but smaller pond mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. You and Oklahoma ran it. You were walking into a place you do no longer run. Mm-mm. And you're gonna have to get used to people voting against you because of who you are and getting and now we had that before, but we could just outrule everybody and go, Hey, who's making all the money? All right, shut up and do what we tell you. And now you're walking to the SEC and they go, Wait, who's let me mm-hmm. count the rings? Count the rings. And Texas is going to have to get used to that for a little while until they kind of get ingratiated and then everything good, and then we'll all make fun of the Aggies and we'll have a good time. But it's going to take a few years where they're going to do things and go, we don't care what you think. No, I agree with that. It is easier for Texas because organically Texas has three rivals in the situation. They have Arkansas, they have uh, A&M, and they have Oklahoma. So it, it fits. It doesn't fit with everybody, to Patrick's point. And I agree with you, too. The SEC, they make decisions – that are best, or at least for the best overall uh, good, overall good of the SEC. Like what's best for the SEC, not what's best for individual teams in the SEC. We see that during you no know, bowl season a lot. Uh, but to me, it's still I think it's overall better for the SEC 
to have the three six format as opposed to the one seven format just because even if you are manufacturing rivalries or bringing back old rivalries or starting new rivalries whatever it's still good rivalries are good right rivalries are good for sports are good for football great for sports and hell, the Aggies have been looking for a rival they don't have one so yep. this situation I don't know who the rival is going to be for the Aggies in this one seven format who is going to be LSU LSU that would be want, the that would be LSU doesn't want to be the rival is it Arkansas Somebody, I saw somebody say Arkansas before, Arkansas? but I would think I would think it would be LSU logistically. I would think you know because it's a lot closer. It's that thing? border state. It's that area. But yeah, I'm with you on that. For I mean, A&M, it's a little tough. But A&M is they they like this because they want rivals. They don't have one, so they need to be fixed up, if you will, yeah. on a rival. They need they need somebody to set them up on a rival <laughs> with a rival because right now they don't have one. They need a matchmaker, yeah. and the SEC can work as a matchmaker for A&M to almost help build them an, a rival that they don't really have naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why, like I said, the 3-6 model works so much better, in my opinion, because, yes, you can bring back the natural rivalries. You can bring back the old rivalries. You can come up with new rivalries, yep. and it gives exactly. you multiple options. Exactly. If that other rivalry don't work out and it just ain't sexy enough and the fans just aren't into it, okay, you got two more. To work right. out, you know what I mean? Like yeah. now you got one rival. If that don't work out, it's like all right. Yeah, because you figure what's Georgia's <clears throat> Florida, right? Georgia is Florida because yeah. they got the cocktail, cocktail party. party. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, and Florida is Florida State, Florida, or might like and Georgia is yeah. Georgia Tech. They got outside the, outside yeah, the conference, conference rivals too. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's Georgia and Florida, so we yeah. take that. So they take them yeah. out, and then Alabama's Auburn. Alabama's Auburn. Yeah. So Question. then it leaves Tennessee and LSU. As the two teams yeah, that A and M's trying to go after Kentucky Tarzo? and yeah, you yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying a premier matchups where you oh, want that. Premier, I'm talking about, yeah. Wait, you, if you're A and M, you don't want Kentucky. No, so you're a matchmaker, so somebody's gonna get screwed here. Somebody, That's what I'm there's yeah. there's three teams right there, or four teams, because one of them has to take Arkansas. Yeah, because everybody believes, but everybody wants their rival. To, they, everybody wants to upgrade to their rival, right? You yep. basically, you everybody's they always talking about outkicking your coverage. Like, man, your wife's really sexy. You're outkicking your coverage. Everyone wants to outkick their coverage with their rival. That's yeah. the key. All right, so you, if we say. You don't want a rival that you believe, like, man, you're kind of slumming. <laughs> you're slumming it with them. Nobody wants to slum it with their rival. You don't yeah. want to slum it with that. You want to outkick your coverage. And that's why mm-hmm. A&M, they want LSU. Yep. They want to outkick their coverage a little bit here. Actually, I think the Aggies might outkick their coverage with a couple of them. So, Tennessee, we may go Vanderbilt? Ooh, they're going to be upset with you. That's slumming. No, but no, but that's, that's, that's their in-state Tennessee. That's, I know, but that is slumming for Tennessee. Hey, no, I know, but also, that's Auburn slumming for Alabama right now. Well, yeah, I mean, Auburn, Auburn spends money. Auburn at least is a rich football tradition that has won national titles. But, but, this, and but this Tennessee Van, Vanderbilt's an academic. Like, I get that, but do you take them? And, you, and now <laughs> you get you get a guaranteed win in your rival game. You get a guaranteed three wins on paying nobodies, <sighs> and then you play seven games that matter all season. Yeah, that's just not a sexy rivalry. No, but, but right, that's it's, a, it's only one game. Only but one that's game. what I'm saying is that's also why in the SEC it's better to build three instead of one. Because for Texas, we go, we're lucky. We have two easy ones, and then Arkansas is a great one to go back to. We got easy ones, yeah. But two that yeah. are like hardcore, this is big rivalries. There's joke books made about these rivalries. Oh, the old, old heads will tell you Arkansas is like that, too. No, I know, but I'm saying, heads, I, I would say that's third on the list of three, it right? Is. I agree. So, But if we look at these other schools, Tennessee would be like, oh, we're Alabama and we're Florida. And they Florida and Alabama go, <laughs> no. Yeah. So I'm saying it, 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 you can't, and when you're making these, when you're matchmaking these rivalries, if you go with the 1 7, you can't make it where everybody outkicks their coverage. Yeah. Some people are going to be slumming and upset. If you go with the 3 6, 
everybody's going to be out kicking their coverage for with sure. one of their rivals, yeah. and then you'll slum it with another. You got options. I, yeah. I just don't understand mm-hmm. how, how they came to this conclusion. I mean, other than they want more money for that extra game, and like Patrick said, they want an easier path to the playoffs. Other than that, they can't see what their motive is for going 3-6, but that is their motive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's simple. They want an easier path. Because that means the SEC brand continues to be proliferated and as the greatest football, college sports brand of all time. And also, they want more money from, from ESPN for that extra game. Wow. Why are we going to give ESPN an extra game because we like ESPN? No, you got to pay for this, man. Yesterday's price is not today's price, Ding, ESPN. ding, ding, ding. So you need to pay us money for that extra. And then, by the way, it's probably going to be a really yep. good SEC game. Because yep. they're saying it's probably going to be a rivalry game. That's the selling point, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we can make it another rivalry game because we can get three of them, all right, in a 3 6 format. Right now, 1 7 format, you can't. You only got one rival. So for Texas, it probably will settle itself because Texas will get AM. They'll probably get AM one year, and then they'll probably get Arkansas the next year. And alternate back and forth until they get to that seven. Yeah, until they get to the point where they play 3 6. But in the 1 7, they'll probably play AM in 2024, and they'll probably play, and that's probably be at Aggieland, honestly, yep. just to. Try to make the Aggies feel good about the situation, mm-hmm. and I and I my prediction is you'll get Arkansas in twenty twenty five. I'm down with that, but you'll get Oklahoma, of course, every year. Um, yeah, and I, and I'm definitely down with that, and we that's something that we would expect anyway, because these two are a package deal basically coming in together. You're gonna keep that rivalry going, and there we talked about it yesterday. Chip Brown broke the story. Well, I don't know if he broke the story, but he gave us the story about Texas and Oklahoma getting ready to sign a new deal. Yep. So. That one we already know. That's the one. That's day one. That's day one. That's day one. That's <laughs> gonna always be there. So that's part of the the package that's coming in there. So I'm down with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably is not as big of a deal as we're making it out to be. Like I said, it'll probably get settled in the SEC. We'll just let A and M be a part of the seven game rotation for Texas. Uh, but. It's interesting that the eight game format idea, which a lot of people thought was way down the way kind of way down the ladder of ideas that were popular for scheduling because as Harch mentioned the first idea that was probably was the pod idea remember yep, that it's like pod, pod. Yep. we'll be in pods 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 and then everybody went with the three six nine game format which was really popular because you get multiple rivals and somehow we ended up with the most <laughs> simplistic of the ideas it's like oh what's that really cool pod idea on that like what really happened cool? like what it was exactly. like back in the day when they say we're gonna have flying cars by 2025 or something yeah. it's like man that's gonna be really cool it's like it's 2023 i don't think we're close to them flying cars we might be closer uh, than we think automated cars yeah. maybe not yeah. flying cars i'm like the seinfeld i want walk i want moving walkways like <laughs> in the airports we've got some more yeah. futuristic stuff so you can get up in and out of there get up in and out of there but uh yeah man it's a uh, really interesting uh right now with the SEC deciding uh, to go with the eight-game format. Just for now, uh, they're going to revisit the issue in about two years. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's hear from CDC. He was visiting with Paul Feinbaum, actually, yesterday. He was hanging out at the SEC spring meetings. Uh, He was asked about a number of different topics. The first topic he was asked about from Paul Feinbaum was how uh, does CDC feel about being around uh, the new SEC leadership? He's just there now in a just a, a observational capacity. He's just observing. He's not voting on anything, but attending those meetings. Uh, here's what CDC had to say about his first impressions of being a member, unofficial member of the SEC. 
Well, what's interesting is because I, I, I've known significant, a lot of the ADs for his friends for a long, long time. But just to watch uh, Commissioner Sankey, uh, I've seen him from afar, but how he conducts business, how he involves coaches in, in decisions and administration decisions, it's just you hear about it until you're immersed in it and you see what, a, what an unbelievable leader he is and uh, doesn't shy away from issues direct, has conversations, his agendas, he keeps copious notes. Um, it is Structurally, I've never seen anything like it. It's unbelievably impressive. Who knew that Greg Sankey was like Rod B? Copious hey. notes. Yeah, copious. Huh? You got notes, notes like Rod B, huh, Sankey? Yeah. Uh, I'll say this, though, and I, this is my take when Texas initially uh, announced what they announced. It was reported that Texas was going to the SEC. When you are in, in basically right now the most uncertain era of college football, really of college sports, period. We've yep. never been in a time in college sports that has been more uncertain and that has been more I don't know, just just d- divisive. Very. In terms of all the topics, we're talking about the transfer portal, whether you're talking about NIL uh, and the lack of regulations and guardrails there, uh, whether you're talking about the death of amateurism overall, uh, whether we are talking about, you know, the, oh man, the conference expansion and realignment, which seems to happen every offseason more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And when you're dealing with uncertainty, you would like to hit your wagon to leadership that is bold, all right, that is a uh, bold visionary leadership um, that can execute a plan and orchestrate a plan and execute that plan to accomplish those goals and to uh, accomplish that vision. And that wasn't Bob Bowlesby. Mm-hmm. That is Greg Sankey. And I think the leadership at Texas looked around and said, guys, uh, would we rather hitch our wagon to Bob Bowlesby in these uncertain times? Uh, we'd rather hitch it to Greg Sankey, who is seen by most to be not only a visionary, but maybe one of the most powerful and influential men in all of college sports. Uh, that's what CDC was basically telling us yeah. just a minute ago that's what they did. Yeah. when he was like, oh, man, he's amazing. Taking copious notes. Copious notes. And he's always on top of this. I, I'm just so proud to be a part Hmm, CDC, trying to set it up, huh? Hey. Out there throwing it out there for him, huh? Letting but, them know that you're available. That's what he letting them know. I'm available. Uh, you know what? It's it's funny because, by the way, that question was not about Greg Sankey. It was about the SEC. Yeah. And CDC pivoted e- immediately to Greg Sankey and gave him some props. But I do think that's why they decided to choose the SEC. If Texas really wanted to go to another conference, they can they can go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten would have taken Texas. Hell, they pack. pretty much would have been able to go, go anywhere they, they wanted. They yeah. could have gone independent if they really, really wanted to. It wouldn't yeah. have been uh, you know the best possible option for I don't the think brand. It would have been ideal. But yeah, they could have done that too. They could, they had multiple options. They chose the SEC because of the bold leadership and the vision that the SEC has for the future of that brand, and that's why they wanted to be a part of it. All right, uh, one more. Uh, get to another cut here. This one actually has the question. This is Paul Feinbaum uh, going back and forth with CD see about how excited everybody is to have <laughs> Texas in the conference. In in terms of all these questions that come up, and I'm sure you, I know you were asked earlier, uh, you'll continue to be asked, uh, anytime I'm visiting Texas, it's all about uh, the game. Uh, there's, there's a lot of games for Texas. Everybody wants to play Texas. Uh, I've talked to Arkansas people. I've talked to Missouri people. I've talked to, to obviously, Oklahoma uh, and, and naturally A&M. What's going to happen? Uh, 
I don't know. What I'm really excited about is the fact that we get to have rival college football and your show specifically is all about embracing rivalries and the fans that embrace those rivalries. When you when you listen to your show and the call-ins, you go, who is that? <laughs> and they become fans of themselves, but they become great That's personalities, great. right? You look at us. For us, uh, playing Arkansas again is, is so awesome. Coach Broyles and, and, and DK are retired on the same day in sure 1976. Did. The Arkansas games mattered to our fan base so much in the 60s and 70s. A&M, we've been playing A&M uh, forever. You got Oklahoma. You have Missouri from the old uh, Big 12 days. But across the board, we've had great games at LSU. I mean, we just Alabama game last year was great. But for us to elevate ourselves to the programs we're playing and to come back to our rivals that's what college sports is all about and for texas uh, we know who we are uh, um, at all times but the fact that we get a chance to take our our brand or who we are in the in the into the sec and compete at the highest level uh, we are excited about that opportunity and thankful that we were given that opportunity uh, all right, now next cut is uh, CDC being asked about Steve Sarkeesian, who was a coach in the SEC when he was the uh, offensive coordinator and play caller for the Alabama Crimson Tide before he became the head coach at Texas. Here is uh, CDC proudly talking about uh, his head coach of football, Steve Sarkeesian. Well, I, I tell you, I, I've known Coach Sarkeesian for a number of years. When I was at Arizona, he was at USC. Um, so I've known him for a long, long time. He's a tremendous mind. And I think when... Would not be remiss that uh, our chairman of the board, Chairman Altai, uh, President Hartzell, the leadership at our institution has never been stronger. And they've allowed this move to happen. They embrace athletics. They understand what it does for the institution. Um, but we're an academic house first. And we were having discussions about who to hire. One of the things we all zeroed in on was the growth of Steve Sarkeesian and who he was as a person. He's a really, really, Paul, you spent some time with him. He's an impressive young man. Yes. And we can all look back at our lives and say, God, we were perfect, weren't we? <laughs> what life is about is how you respond to adverse situations and what he's done about himself and rebuilding his story within our team. But you look at our culture, I think we had two guys transfer. The portal has been unaffected at the University of Texas because of him. When he took over, we had about 54 scholarship players. He built the roster the right way. And getting us prepared for this opportunity, we have a great challenge in front of us, and this year's the Big 12 schedule. But I'm so proud of the roster, the team he has, and more importantly, how he conducts himself representing our institution is phenomenal. All right, uh, last cut here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian being asked about, sorry, about CDC being asked about what led uh, them, Texas and the leadership uh, behind the scenes there, what led them to pursue an invitation to the SEC. Here's CDC. It was an unbelievable conversation with our chairman of the board and President Hartzell. And we had these conversations about what. And we looked at where Texas is originally, what, what matters to our fans, what matters to college athletics in general. And those conversations around leadership in the SEC is second to none. Every one of those programs are competing at the highest level. That's where we should be. That's where the University of Texas belongs, and we should be in that league. And when the conversation was, ha uh, was presented to Commissioner Sankey from our leadership team and he offered this opportunity, it was 
there was no debate about the Big Ten, the Pac-12, anywhere else. It was, if this is a possibility, this is where we should go. And it started with our chairman of the board and President Hartzell when we were just discussing what was going on in the landscape of college athletics. And they both said, is that possible? And we, we'll find out. And it was possible. Mm. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we should take that drop. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's going to be us right there. No, we need that. Uh, all right. We'll come back. Uh, we'll discuss <laughs> Dylan Mitchell returning to Texas. Uh, hard to give us a little preview about Louisiana uh, before Texas baseball uh, takes them on tomorrow, which you can hear live right here on 104.9 The Horn. And then we'll get ready to wrap things up and put them in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. That's when Patrick takes songs, and based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to get the clues and hence breadcrumbs that lead us to the new theme of the day. And the new theme, all about the NBA Finals, which start tonight. So every song references a theme, a storyline, or a player playing in the NBA Finals. And this one? Well, he's about to say it. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yeah, here it comes. It's the final countdown. It makes sense. Well, I was trying to keep it even between the teams. I didn't want to show favoritism. So we had three Miami songs, three Denver songs. And, and then the just, final a, uh, just a song about the final. I like it. I like it. Good job. I'm gonna lie. You are the idillionaire yeah. for a reason, brother, because you have outdone yourself this week. We had the uh, undercover brother for midweek movie music. Everybody was stumped on that yes, one. Yes, yes. Even Harch and I, we got our black car suspended for a week because of that one. I and keep then, trying to go into the club, and I can't make it. Nah, they keep man. Going, bruh, bruh, they not until next week. Like, sir, yes. Got to come on back, Harch. Come <laughs> not until next week. You can come back on, like, Wednesday. <laughs> if you get it right. Nobody is in the We're club. We're figure out what's going on next Maybe we move music. <laughs> y'all, y'all. <laughs> trying to yeah. make sure we get our yeah, car back, Don't dog. get our car revoked. Yeah. Let me try and do that, man. Yeah, man. Get us back in the game. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, some uh, some it's actually some Longhorn uh, related stories here. We did talk about the eight game schedule format, which was announced by the SEC, so that took up a lot of the first segment. But we meant to get to the Dylan Mitchell uh, conversation, guys. He is returning to the Forty Acres. That news was announced yesterday. Dylan Mitchell, the six eight uh, forward for Texas. Uh, he is he did enter the enter his name, I should say, submit his name into the NBA draft. Did not hire an agent, uh, which means he had the decision uh, to return if he chose to, and he is choosing to return to the University of Texas in the pre-draft prep process. He did impress scouts with his ability to make outside shots uh, based on the film and based on even the stats too, because he didn't have one three-point shot in all of 2022 uh, there was a lot of speculation um, whether and maybe some criticism as to whether he could be a player that could spread the floor and be threat as an outside shooter and I think that is the question that he is trying to answer by coming back to University of Texas that he indeed can expand his skill set enough to be a guy that can hurt you on the offensive end not only as a versatile and a re- really a guy can be considered an elite athletic defender but also a guy that can be a 3 and D guy potentially at the highest levels in his future. 
Yeah, he was a McDonald's All-American. Let's not forget that, too, because he is that athletic. He's going to be able to do some things that we haven't seen him do from last year's team because it wasn't asked of him to be that way. Yeah, You know, there's a lot of things that changes the way that players are evaluated. They get out there, they get another opportunity, do some different things, and they – that changes the way the coaches view him. Maybe he didn't look as good shooting three-pointers during the season. Maybe, And they weren't asking him to do that. Don't forget, his original coach was Chris Beard. And Chris mm-hmm. Beard wasn't going to have him doing that either. They wanted him to use his athleticism, and he really wanted him to work hard on the defensive end, so his offense wasn't always that great. Now he's looked at as possibly being a guy he's not going to – we got to figure out who's going to take all these shots. We was talking about Maximus Amos. He's going to be Max Amos is going to be the guy that we're trying to figure out how he's going to be able to handle his new role at this university. You get Tyrese Hunter back. Dylan DeSue is going to get his shots because we saw how he was playing at the end of the year. And now you bring back a Dylan Mitchell who is so athletic, but now he wants to add a different part to his game with the three point shot and show that he can take that. So there's going to be some challenges with this staff to piece it all together because you 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 piece it and coach Terry said he wants to play fast. Mm-hmm. He wants to be that guy that can get up and down the floor, but he also wants to do it on the defensive end. So now the the roles are going to be better defined. Everybody's going to understand and everybody's going to understand what coach Terry wants from them as opposed to what Coach Beard wanted from them. Very different. Because it's a different view on how the game is going to be played this year. And I think when you mentioned Dylan DeSue and we saw him blossom under Coach Terry later in the season when he was taken out of a role where this is what we need from you and this is it. Don't do anything else. And I think Donovan Mitchell just being young and trying to do what he needed to do. And and, and he's a freshman. Like It's hard in that one season to, to blossom out like that. Uh, now in the offseason, you're going to be able to see them have a different approach with him and say, I know that's what was wanted from me from the last coach. We need you to be this type of guy because this for Rodney Terry is going to be one of his first signature players. When you talk about Dylan DeSue will be going into this draft net most likely next year, we'll see if he is able to progress and get a, to be a draft pick. We will see if Dylan Mitchell mm-hmm. moves from a mid to, second, sec, mid to late second round pick to a first round pick. If he's able to get those guys picked in the draft and pick up draft picks, that changes recruiting a lot. It does. Because you got to win. He's already shown he can win some. <laughs> if you, The further you can get in the tournament, that's going to help you in recruiting and getting players to the NBA and getting them draft picks where there's guaranteed money and there's a reason a team wants to focus on you. If Dylan Mitchell was a first-round draft pick this year, he should have gone to the draft because a team would have focused on him yep. and said, you're our project, we're going to build you, we see the athleticism. Second round, mid-second round, that becomes a lot harder, and you may fall through the cracks. Being a mid-second round pick, you won't fall through the cracks at Texas. Rodney Terry needs to try and get him up mm. to that next level. He's still a young man. He's still he, His draft stock won't fall any. No. It can't fall because it, we saw what he did last year and didn't score, and people still were saying like, he's a draft yeah, pick. because he's an athletic freak. So his, his draft he he can sit right there next year, or he can move up. And I think for Rodney Terry and this coaching staff, it's going to be can you move him up? Can you get Dylan DeSue picked in the draft? And if you have those two, then team players are going to start looking at Texas and go, oh, Rodney Terry's producing NBA talent. Let's go there. I love your point about Dylan DeSue because that, that's a great point that once Beard left and it was Rodney yes. Terry's system, they tweaked it in his own way. Yeah. We saw the maturation of his offensive game yeah. and – 
Roddy Terry's given a lot of credit for that, him and his coaching staff at the time. And you're right, if he can do the same thing or something very similar, keep Dylan DeSue on that trajectory as well, but also do something like that with Dylan Mitchell, yeah, man, we're going to start having a different, very different conversation about Roddy Terry yeah. after next season. I agree. That's a great point about the Dylan DeSue thing because that, that was – We that, saw it. We, we saw it change. We really it, was like, it was like, In whoa. real time, like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Yeah, we won the Big 12 tournament because of Kansas twice because of Dylan DeSue and that blossoming of what he did. Yeah. Yep. Well, they call it the flotation station. The flotation station. He got a signature shot and everything. He developed a signature shot in like a three-week period. It was again, hiding. Hey, man, it was hiding. Hey, it was I'll hiding. tell you again, CDC, we need that flotation station bobblehead. <laughs> and that's uh, right. Hey, you, oh, that's a great one. Make Ooh. that money. I like that. You yeah. know they're going to have it. Especially if, if Texas basketball is as good as everybody right now uh, is thinking that they might be. The expectations are not rising for Coach Terry. Ooh. That's a really good thing because you talked about it, Harsh. People were, people were hard on Coach Terry yeah, uh, they were. after, that, you oh, know, after that, that season and then the attrition, which honestly these days you can't freak out about attrition anymore in any of the major sports. You can't. Because of the transfer that's what, portal That's era. what CDC just said. Can't freak out about it anymore. So we only had two people transfer. Yeah, it's, it's, some teams are, some some coaches are building programs with, through the transfer portal yep. first and then recruiting. Yep. And that's just a, hell, Chris Beard did it. He did. He kind of started the whole damn thing and now it's more commonplace. But he, yeah, he does it at Every school. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was doing it everywhere. But now, honestly, I think more teams are going to go that route. Yep. We're starting to see more teams go that route in a lot of sports. So there you go. Dylan Mitchell returning to the 40 Acres. Uh, big stuff. All right, we come back. I want a mini preview, hard gotcha. from you about Texas baseball versus Louisiana. We'll do that when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful number one. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's... That is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. All right, Harge, one thing we got to get into really quickly before we get out of here, Texas baseball. By the time we join you good listeners tomorrow, we will have the result of Texas baseball's uh, first game uh, in the Miami uh, Regional versus Louisiana. Yep. And the news came out today that Lucas Gordon is going to get the start. He will be hey the now. number one lefty coming off the uh, coming off the mound. The he's an All American this year. That's exactly the the guy that you want there. We talked about Louisiana and how they run the bases, how they get on and make things happen. They're a very aggressive team. And I kept saying if there was a lefty on the mound, they might be able to slow him down. First pitch strikes are going to be important for Lucas Gordon, but most importantly, they have to put the ball in play. And when I say they, I mean the University of Texas. Last weekend didn't do so well. They had a lot of time off. Hopefully uh, Thomas at first base is healthy and Peyton Powell is healthy. I heard Craig Way talking about them today. They were both on the field and both looked good. So we'll have those guys back. Most importantly, keep Kyle – 
El, Kyle DeBarge. DeBarge. That's right. DeBarge. That's right. Who's Johnny? <laughs> uh, got to keep him off base. <laughs> you got you to gotta make sure, too, their catcher is really, really talented. His last name is Brock, so make sure you check him out as well. Um, did you just make a short circuit reference there? Who's Johnny? Johnny that was El, El DeBarge is the wow. one who sang that. We've never had a short circuit reference on the show. I just try to bring different avenues to Great. you guys, man. I try to make things that happen to you. Fantastic. You know, Johnny Five? You know he's trying to get that bike car back fast. I'm trying to get it, dog. Had to sing a little El DeBarge. <laughs> you're, you're right. Because, and by the way, that is not the movie to reference to get your black card back. But the song. I don't know if any, any black people in Short Circuit. Uh, the movie? No, it was all in spirit. Was Johnny Five? What, 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 what was Johnny Five? We don't know. <laughs> he could have been. He could have been James Earl Jones. That movie, by the way, that movie way ahead of its time, considering For where sure. we are in the AI Cons- world now. Considering where Johnny we are Five right now. was way ahead of its time. Yeah. Well, so was what? I Robot or whatever that movie was, uh, where, yeah, they're, where, where they're walking around. Uh, they're yes, walking right, right now. Right. Well, I guess every movie that had AI ultimately uh, killing the human uh, civiliz- civilized species it was a matter in of some time. form or fashion. It was a matter might have been of ahead time. of its time. Yeah. Terminator. Yeah. Terminator, Terminator. <laughs> uh, The Matrix is also Matrix, right yeah. about machines taking over AI generated Johnny technology. Five is alive. Johnny Five <laughs> is alive. I was like, we've never had a Johnny Five reference because I've never been this excited about it. There you go. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> all right, uh, what's on tap? We all know what's on tap. What's on tap? We're gonna watch basketball, but I'm about to go across the street and check out this Westlake uh, San right. Antonio Johnson um, baseball game. Nice. You got a busy night ahead. I of you. do have a busy night ahead. Of um, you. All right. Well, best of luck to Westlake for sure. Uh, what you got on tap, Patrick? I already know, but what you got? I'm yeah. gonna watch. Five. I'm also into series tonight at eight o'clock oh, right. right here on the horn. That's right. So oh, we'll man. be we'll be talking about we'll have the finals on, so we can give you some updates if you're listening. I like oh, that. Beautiful thing. Like also, uh, Longhorn Blitz on tonight. Longhorn Blitz at seven. Also, shout out E Rains, Eric Rains' birthday today. Happy birthday, hey, E Rains! Happy right. birthday, Eric! Celebrating a B day. That's, That's nice. Right. All right. Uh, so there you go. I'll be watching the NBA finals as well uh, tonight. And honestly, I uh, mean, I'm picking the Miami Heat. I'm gonna do it. I'm picking the Miami Heat in Game One. I'm doing. I feel good about that. It might be the only. Game, I feel good about picking well, the Miami. Yeah, because if they get blown up by thirty, you're back. I don't feel good about them no more. <laughs> well, I do want to yeah. give y'all a little update. So before the game, uh, Charles Barkley and Grant Hill were sitting with oxygen mask already. Oh, because of the altitude. Because of the altitude, Dang. both of them are already, and they're, all they're doing is talking. Oh, yeah, no, the altitude is real, man. It's real. Yeah. I I, play, I played for the Broncos for a little while, yep. and I. <laughs> I might tell this story tomorrow. I once uh, attended a wedding in Denver. Actually, it was the wedding of Crystal Shanahan, yeah. uh, Kyle's sister, and the altitude. It got your boy. It happens quick. Ooh. It happens quick. And mine had to do with alcohol. Yeah, I, you work can handle it. No, no, that's my the tequila. worst. That's oh, the worst. Oh, man. It got me. Yeah, it's got to be moderation. That's what? what they mean by that. Oh, no, yeah. Whatever your consumption level is. Cut it in it's half. Got, yes. Exactly. <laughs> cut it in half. You got to cut that in half. I learned that the hard way in front of a lot of NFL coaches. Anyway, uh, we'll cut the story tomorrow. We'll come back. Same time, same channel. Remember the revolution I was talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. More importantly, take care of each other. Peace.